welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log, Day 99. Die Before You Die. This past weekend, at my home church, we baptized a baby. And if you've ever witnessed any baptism, you'll know that the baptism usually involves water, but if you haven't seen an Orthodox baptism, you might not know that the original Christian method of baptizing was through full immersion. And of course, very early on, that became triple immersion. It might have even been from the very beginning, I'm not exactly sure, to represent the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if you go to a baptism at maybe a Catholic church, they might just pour water on the head of the child. That's to not disturb it too much. But in orthodoxy, of course, we don't change. So when we baptized this baby at our church last week, and of course the priest was the one doing the the baptizing, the child is completely submerged in water three times. And if you see this, and then of course at the end, most babies will start crying. A lot of people will freak out thinking it's inhumane or it's not good for the child. If you know anything about children, you'll know that They maintain the instinct to hold their breath when they're submerged in water after being in the mother's womb for quite some time after being born. So the baby is not harmed, I promise you. Now the reason I'm bringing this up is because today's topic is die before you die. And one of the things that my priest said after he baptized the child was that this child just died in that water. And I'm slightly paraphrasing. But this child died in that water, died to itself, and was reborn in Christ. There is a famous verse, and of course, because I don't have it written down or pulled up, I don't remember exactly where it is, but St. Paul tells us that we are to, I think, die to ourselves and be alive to Christ. Or he says something along the lines of, I've died to myself and am alive to Christ. You can check the exact verse. But this is the, the calling of the Christian life is to die to yourself, right? To die before you die. Now, there is an inscription that you will see in some monasteries in each of the monks' cells, right? Monks live in these little living quarters. They're called cells. And the inscription will read, die before you die, so that when you die, you won't die. Now, I'm going to explain what that inscription means in a little more detail once we've discussed what it means to die before you die. And of course, because this is a spiritual topic, and towards the end, I'll, I'll use it in a way that might be a bit more applicable to us in our more practical Warrior King pursuits. But first, we have to cover the spiritual ground so that we can understand the idea here. Right? As far as I understand, or wait, the, the disclaimer, I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian, I'm no one's bishop, I'm no one's godfather even. Anything I say, I'm very likely to make a mistake. Please, if it sounds off, check it with your spiritual father. Almost forgot. But now that we have that out of the way, as far as I understand, to die before you die means to die to yourself, like St. Paul says, and to not have you living, per se, but Christ living in you, right? Another thing that St. Paul says is that it is not I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. Right? If you think of yourself, you can think of the sort of person, this being that you are, right now, right? You have habits, some good, some bad. You have 
you know, a personality, you might have preferences, you might have a tendency towards certain acts of virtue. Maybe you're a very hard worker. I would imagine you are if you're listening to this, but you might have a tendency towards certain sin behavior, right? Maybe you're prone to arrogance, which can come with being successful more often. But there is a, a self that you are that is not, it's not your real self, right? That's the sort of constructed thing, this worldly thing, these habits, these behaviors that you have. But of course, as we know, your real self, the person that you truly are, or maybe better said, truly are meant to be, is perfect as your father in heaven is perfect, right? That's, that's what we're going for, is this divinized, deified version of ourselves through the process of theosis, and we've talked about this before. Now, that was not a very great explanation, but I hope that that in some way communicates this idea of the self. So when we talk about dying to yourself, what we're saying is you want to let go, as far as I understand, as it's been explained to me by people who are better at this than I am, when you die to yourself, what you're doing is you're taking your own ego, right? Ego meaning I in Latin. That's where it comes from. You're taking your own ego out of the equation. And you're saying that who I am from this point forth, or I'm going to try to be because we always fail, but who I am from this point forth is no longer this ego that I have, this self-serving, passion-driven person, man, but rather someone who has completely surrendered and given himself to God, right? We've talked about this. There's a famous quote from St. Paisios. We have a whole field log on this. It's called, what is it called? Manhood, I think, masculinity, something along those lines, which is that masculinity is giving yourself completely to God, right? That's what it means to die before you die. If you identify the original self before baptism, right? Baptism is death and rebirth. You die to yourself, you are alive to Christ. You die in the waters of baptism and you are resurrected in Christ. So what we're saying is that you die to your ego. Your ego dies. And the person that rises out of the water is made new with the idea that it it is now Christ's consciousness, his will, his being that lives in you completely. And again, very deep theological point. Please check this with your spiritual father. But I think I've relayed the information that's been told to me accurately. Now, to return to the inscription on the cell, right? The monks in many monasteries have this inscription. Die before you die so that when you die, you will not die. So die before you die, we now understand. Let your ego die. While you're still on earth, while you're still living in this tangible material world, die then. Die to your ego then, so that when you die a physical death, you will not die a spiritual death. Die before you die, so that when you die, you will not die. That's the the meaning of the phrase, and that's why the monks have this inscription on their cell. To remind themselves every day that you want to let go, to use a phrase from a verse we've discussed a couple of days ago, I think it might have even been yesterday. You want to crucify your flesh, your passions, your sinful desires. You want to kill them, crucify them, so that, that the space is now filled with Christ, with God, with holiness, to sort of prepare yourself, I suppose you could say, to be a temple for the Holy Spirit, truly. 
Now, that's all well and good, right? And we could probably spend another 12 minutes talking about this idea, but I will leave that to you to discuss with your spiritual father, who's going to be more qualified to talk about this. I like this idea of dying before you die, of course, in the spiritual context the most, but I actually think it's very useful to the life of a man in every area, right? Of course, God first being the first commitment is the most important thing by far. Nothing else matters. But then practically speaking, we have stewardship, right? We have the body, we have the craft, we have the mind, we have the relationships, we have the leisure, right? I mentioned recently this idea of principles and preferences, I think, right? I've been talking about this a lot. I talked about it with my mom. I talked about it with some other people. And this idea that I believe that when you're in a relationship, you should always compromise your preferences and never compromise your principles, Right? So that in that way, when you give up your preferences, these sort of meaningless things that you want, that you care about, you give those up, you're dying to yourself. Right? These little preferences you have, let's say you like sleeping on the left side of the bed, and your wife does too, right? That's the example I used a couple of days ago. Give up that preference. Let her have that side. As men, it's our responsibility to live for others. I firmly believe that the thing that we talked about in that episode many, many weeks ago, probably months ago at this point, sacrifice yourselves, that that's the guiding principle of how we make decisions. If you as a man see yourself as nothing but a tool for God to use to work His will and to improve the lives of others in every conceivable way, right? Spiritually, materially, whatever. You will always do the right thing, right? This idea of dying to yourself, I think if we take it beyond the context of the, the original spiritual meaning, if you don't live for your personal gratification, if you don't earn money because you want to be rich and you want to have cars and clothes and jewelry and fancy dinners in a big house, if you don't train because you want to be admired, but rather because it makes you a more effective man so that you can help others better, serve your purpose better, if you complete your craft not because you want to be celebrated for being a great athlete or a great musician or a great writer or whatever it is, but rather because you think that this is the talent God gave you to do good in the world. If you do all of those things, if you die to yourself and don't see yourself as somebody serving himself, but serving the kingdom and serving others, that's what it takes to be a great man. Right? Almost about 12 minutes in now, this is the point that I was really trying to get to. Right? It's fascinating to think about dying before you die in a spiritual context, but that's just the gospel, right? We should understand this, right? This is the gospel, is that you die to yourself in baptism, you are reborn through faith in Christ, through membership in His body, the church. But if we take that all the way, and if we apply it specifically to our lot in life as men, to die to ourselves, to not have goals that are about you, you, you constantly, 
but rather how you can become the most effective tool for others. Then, I think, you'll be a great man. I think the temptation to be self-absorbed, and I don't mean in, or in, an, in, a, in an arrogant way, I mean self-absorbed and constantly preoccupied with yourself, I think that temptation is there all the time. I experience it all the time. I imagine you experience it all the time. And that's something we have to kill. The ego is the enemy. I talk about this a lot. I plan on doing a field log on it at some point. But we're at war with the ego. And when you're at war with something, your aim is to kill it. So you kill yourself. And of course, this is a bit of a play on words because it's not your real self. The ego is not the real you. Right, I always like to think of it in terms of when you're placed on this earth, you're a certain person, and then as you grow up, you develop into a certain person. And then there is a certain person you're supposed to be. And it's your job to bridge that gap, right? You pray, God helps you, you work hard, and you will eventually bridge that gap with God's grace, of course. But in order to bridge that gap, you have to let go of the old man that you used to be, and this is biblical language, and acquire the new man, become the new man. And you can only do that if you die before you die, if you die an ego death before you die a spiritual or a physical death, rather. Right? Isn't this the whole purpose of the project? Isn't this what we talk about constantly on the field log? Is that the singular purpose of this ethos of the few ebooks that we have, of the podcast, of, of all of the things, isn't it to fulfill your purpose, right? If you want to fulfill your purpose, then you have to believe that you have a purpose. And we've talked a lot about what that purpose really is as a man. Why are you here, right? Of course, your purpose as a human being is to live in communion with God. And that's what the fall of man was, was rejecting that relationship, that communion with God to disobey him. And we do this all the time. But beyond that general purpose of living in communion with God, our specific purpose as men is to serve others. And I think in some way, this is true of every person, right? Men, women, children, doesn't matter. Old, young, whatever is we should always be service-oriented. But as men specifically, our service is self-sacrificial, sometimes in a literal sense, right? Sometimes, God forbid, this ever have to happen to you, but sometimes we have to sacrifice ourselves literally. But every day we sacrifice ourselves metaphorically. Right? All the things that we do, we do for the people we love. We do it for our family. If you're married, your wife, if you have children, your kids, your brothers, your, your actual family, blood family, your friends, your church community. Everything we do, we do for them. Right? It's, it's about the community. That's why we do this. Now, not to say that there aren't benefits to your life, right? In, in, in many ways, it's more fulfilling to be an accomplished man, right? Men, we desire the struggle. We are built for the struggle. But that's a byproduct. So if you are driven by, and you have to ask yourself this, and we'll talk about it at the end, but you have to ask yourself this, if you are driven by 
Me, me, me. My life, my pleasure, my desires. You're, you're not a man. That's a boy. That's a child. Is, you have to leave behind childish ways. Eventually, you have to mature. You have to become a man, and pick up your cross and begin that journey to self-denial. So that you can become the vehicle and the tool that God is calling you to be. So ask yourself right now, have you been doing that? Right, and like I said, we'll talk about it more at the end. But even right now, have you been thinking about yourself? And have you been thinking about listening to the field log every morning because I want to be a better man for me? Or has it actually sunk in that you have to die to yourself and think about? I have to become a better man for these people, right? My mom—I've mentioned this before. She lives in Florida, and she's currently considering a move to another city in Florida for work. Now, of course, moving is very expensive. Um, I have the financial resources to make something like that happen. So, when I was talking to her yesterday during Mother's Day, right, I called her, and she told me this. I said, "Let me know when you're moving, and I'll get you some movers." And that is what a man does. That's the reason you work on your business. So if you haven't been working on your earning potential recently, because you're thinking me, 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 and you haven't realized that there's going to come a point in time where your family is going to rely on you, your parents, your wife, your kids, whoever, siblings, you're not a man. If you can't currently fix whatever problems are coming your way or your family's way, for example, financially, I'm using it as an example. You're not a man if you're not working towards it. It's okay to not have the wealth yet. It's not okay to not work towards it. That's not okay. If you're dating a girl right now and you're not confident in your ability by your physical presence. To discourage anybody trying to mess with her because you look big because you train, you're not a man. If you have people in your life who look to you for guidance and you're not developing your mind, and they constantly ask you questions that you don't have the answers to and you can't direct them to where to get those answers, and you're not working on building your wisdom and your knowledge, you are not a man. If you're in a relationship and the relationship is difficult and you don't know how to make things work smoothly, how to build trust, how to build rapport, and you're not working on that, you're not reading the material, you're not practicing, you are not a man. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that, right? I've brought this up many times before. There was a time in history when a man would leave his mother and father, go into the world, build his wealth. Do that for about a decade or more, and then by the time he was, you know, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, he would start looking for a wife because he wanted to make sure he was a man. And it was implied that being a man means being able to take care of, protect, and provide. And if you're not working on that, and you have the audacity to expect God to send you a woman when you can barely take care of yourself, you are not a man. A man 
deserves a woman. A boy does not. Now, we've just scratched the surface, right? We talked about a lot of different things here, barely touched on them. But your main takeaway is this. As a man, you don't live for yourself. As a man, you live for other people. So if you're putting off the work or getting started with it, or if you're playing video games six hours a day, or if you're watching YouTube and movies constantly, or if you're dating some girl and you're making 50 grand a year and you're seeing her 30, 40 hours a week and you're not working towards being able to provide, which nowadays takes pretty much 80, 90K, if not more, or just her, stop. Reclaim your time. Stop playing video games. Stop watching TV more than an hour, an hour and a half a day maximum. Stop hanging out with your friends and doing goofy things seven days a week. Get in a circle with real men. Work towards being the man you're supposed to be. Forget yourself. Forget your ego. Kill your ego. Die before you die. Of course, mainly in the spiritual sense, but... The way we're saying it right now, practically, die to yourself, become a vehicle for God to do what he has to do, do what he wants to do in the lives of the people around you. Become an asset, become the person people come to when they have problems, become the person that people lean on when things get difficult, build strength, right? God is your strength. You're not your strength. Do that. And towards that end today, of course. I want you to pause this episode right now. I want you to pull out your notes app. I want you to pull out your calendar. I want you to really do this today because this one is important. I want you to carve out 10 minutes and ask yourself, am I serving me or am I serving God? Have I died to myself? Do I do that every morning? Do I wake up with the goal of today I will not serve myself. Today I will work towards what I have to work towards. Or am I not? It is currently 9.59 and I'm recording field logs. After I'm done recording these field logs, I'm going to edit them. I'm going to schedule them. I'm going to catch up on some more Instagram posts, which we'd fallen behind on. I'm going to keep doing things for you guys that I'm hoping in humility will be useful to you. And when I'm done with this, I'm going to pick up this copy of Nihilism by Father Seraphim Rose, now Saint Seraphim Rose, and I'm going to keep reading it and keep annotating it, which I've been doing for somebody that I think is going to really benefit from that book, who doesn't have a lot of exposure to these ideas, and that's how I'm going to spend my evening. For you guys, and then for this person, and then when I'm done, I'm going to do my evening prayers, I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to do the whole thing again. Now we all fall off. I fell off recently. Thankfully, it looks like I'm back. You might have fallen off recently. Come back. Die to yourself today. Do it every day. Commit yourself to being a man, a real man, who does not live for himself, but lives for others. And pray about that. And God will give you the strength to do what you do, to be what you're supposed to be, but only if you die before 
you die. That's it for this week's field log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show; that always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for field log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the Marcian.cx project, so check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal-setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day.